Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am one of your hosts, Garrett. I'm the other of your hosts, Carson. And we have a very, very special episode today with a special guest. Yes, this is actually our first guest we've ever had on the show. We've done a couple combined podcasts, but this is our first guest. And to kick off season two of Two Views Movies, (laughs) you said that last episode. What? You said season two kicked off last episode. I think you need to get your season straight. No. See, we ended with Spider-Man, and then mm. this is season We'll have to go back two. to the tape. We'll have to go back to the you tape. Know, but no, I, we're saving season two for our special guest. <laughs> okay. Introductions? Or are you going to tell us who the special guest is, oh, or are you going to leave it hanging? Special guest. We have a longtime friend. Longtime friend living in the beautiful Springfield, Missouri. We have uh, Dusty Butler with us today. Welcome, Dusty. Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> so we've known Dusty for, for quite a while. I've known Dusty since kindergarten, but Garrett had the uh, distinct pleasure of living with him for a year in college. <laughs> so I think that evens us out. Two years. Two years. Two years, so yeah. Me freshman year and then, uh, I guess, junior. junior year. Yeah. I forgot yep. to skip you uh, there. Are we going to dive into what Dusty's expertise is in movies? We do. We do need to get a little background <laughs> on on Dusty. What's Dusty? Uh, do you want to give it, or should I say it for you? Oh, you can do it because uh, you, you'll probably say it better than I will. Well, uh, all I can really say is if it was on HBO in the '90s, Dusty knows it and can quote it and can recite it and can name all the actors in IMDb. That is that is the wheelhouse. Very accurate. Yeah, you know, I I would say that. I'm definitely more of an action adventure movie type of guy. Your Star Wars, your Indiana Jones, those types of things. I mean that that is my wheelhouse, and that was the nineties. Right. I mean that's the nineties was big explosions, cheesy stories. I mean that's what it was. But um, I, I do like the slower movies. I do like the biopics, things like that. Um, I, some of it is just that they're mostly depressing. You know, those types of movies are depressing. And when I've had a really crappy day in the insurance world, I don't want to be depressed. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my movie, uh, I guess, background. Yeah. I feel like most movies that you've recommended to me that I've seen have not been action adventure movies. Like I'm thinking of wonder boys and Lebowski and um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Like the, when I think of movies Dusty recommended to me back in the day, those are the ones that come to mind, which actually like tend to skew. Well, Lebowski's comedy, but it's like you know, not the over the top comedy. Yeah, you know, I I do I, I watch those movies and I love those movies, but it's just when I go home at at night, I always tend to gravitate towards the the more action adventure movies just to escape me out of. <laughs> The world of insurance, because I don't, I can't even begin to explain how boring. So, is Side Out an action adventure movie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, can you can you imagine anything more action adventure than uh, Rollo Vincent and Monroe Clark? 
No, not at all. It's the first thing that comes to mind when I think action adventure is see Thomas Howell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of some actors, uh, you kind of give us a, a breakdown here, Dusty. Who are some of your favorite actors and who are your least favorite actors? I'm going to oh, go ahead and put you on the spot. Who comes to mind? Fa- favorite. Favorite favorite actors. I mean, I, I have to put Han Solo up there. You well, know, Han Solo is not, not an actor. Well, I know what you're <laughs> Okay, Ford. hold on. Carson is the king of referring to people on this podcast by their character names, never by right. their given names. And then he just comes right out at you <laughs> love, for doing the same. I love Han Solo when he's in Indiana Jones. We'll be talking about a movie, and Carson will refer to them as like some obscure character they played 10 years ago in a movie. I'm like, dude, they're not going to understand who you're talking about. Which is completely valid, but when you're saying who is your favorite actor and you go with the character, I think that's... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure every I, listener I, I, thought that he, he meant Alden Ehrenreich or whatever. They, they did they, not think I know, he there are multiple. Ha- <laughs> yeah, there are multiple right. Han Solos. Which one are you referring no, to? I, I give your listeners a lot more credit than that. <laughs> so, no, you know, Harrison Ford, I, I love... I. I do love um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I, I just I, I enjoy a lot of those ty- those movies. Guys that I hate. Um, I, I mean, he's not really a movie actor, but I wrote in college. I wrote like a twenty-page dissertation in my English lit class about how much I hate uh, David Hasselhoff. So. Um, he's an actor. It, he's he not, is an actor. He's an actor, but he's not like a movie guy. But yeah, no, I. No, oof, that, man, I, 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 I hate that. No, guy. Dusty, that was twenty years ago. Has has that changed? What's he done? <laughs> What's he done <laughs> to change it? Did he resurrect <laughs> Nick Fury? What's that? Did Hasselhoff resurrect Nick Fury? He he was the original Nick Fury, was he not? He was. Oh God, he was. He's actually TV a far more accurate Nick Fury. Wow, to the comments. Um, I think I'll take Samuel L's inaccurate Nick Fury over you know true to source. You, you, you didn't want Hasselhoff? Uh, no, gathering. Can't say that. I did. Robert Downey. Can't say I, that. I I've did. never, I've never seen it. I have seen a photo of him <laughs> as Nick Fury, and that's all that I need. <laughs> well, well, speaking of uh, actors that that we hate. We get Uncharted today, starring one of Garrett's most despised actors in cinema, Marky that, Mark Wahlberg. That's Walberg. not accurate. That's not accurate. I, you're, you're taking my slander a little far. <laughs> All I said was, I asked the two of you to name me some movies in which Mark Wahlberg, like, it is a good Mark Wahlberg movie. Because all I could think of was Departed, and I can maybe, maybe if you're giving him credit for Daddy's Home. You know, I mean, you guys gave me a couple more though. You gave me the fighter and uh, three kings. Three but, kings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. three kings is like three stars. So I, I'm saying, give me a three and a half and above of Mark Wahlberg. And I was struggling to come up with them. And even after you guys gave me some, I got a couple. So it's not like I, I don't hate the guy. I just I kind of look at him like you're one of those guys who is famous, popular in a lot of movies. But when I go look through your IMDb, I'm just like, eh. I'm going to say when we decided to pick Uncharted, you had a lot of choice words to say about Marky Mark. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. The other part of the it pro- was a, it was a pretty long conversation <laughs> about his distaste for Marky Mark. So I'm not sure that I'm buying this. Uh, I don't actively hate the guy. I just feel like he's one of those guys who's everywhere, always getting big picture movies, and every time I see the movie, I'm just like, eh. 
And Mark Wahlberg is always just Mark Wahlberg. I never believe that he's like a character. Um, in fact, it's gotten to the point now where I feel like in Uncharted, I felt like it was Mark Wahlberg doing an impression of Andy Samberg doing an impression of Mark Wahlberg. Like that's how I like the way he talks. I just I can't I can't get it out of my head. Is he talking to goats? Basically. Oh, and I have to ask, Dusty, did you get a preview of a Mark Wahlberg movie before Uncharted? I don't think so. Okay, he's coming out with a movie. It's a Sony movie, so apparently Mark Wahlberg has a Sony deal, which this adds up, right? Right. Sony, Sony, is Sony, and oh. they get Mark Wahlberg. I mean, perfect. If you ever needed an acknowledgement that Mark Wahlberg is mediocre, it's his picture deal with Sony. But he's got some movie coming out where he plays like, I don't know, it's some regular street guy, right? Fall, like bartender, I think, falls in love with a Hispanic lady and uh, is going to convert to Catholicism because of her. Fine. Starts out good. Then all of a sudden he gets in a car wreck and finds God and becomes a priest and then starts having <laughs> like muscular dystrophy or something on top of that. And I feel like a jerk because I'm in the theater like laughing at this because I feel like it's simple Jack. I feel like I'm like talking to Mark <laughs> Wahlberg saying, you know, don't go full retard, Mark. Like he's going for the Oscar bait. It no, I did not see this. One. Go look it so up. by happenstance, Garrett and I happen to be in the same theater watching watching Uncharted, <laughs> and as soon as the the Mark Wahlberg uh, trailer pops out, I just I turned around and gave him a look. I was like, oh, of course, he, we get a, another Mark Wahlberg vehicle. But as we're watching that trailer, it just got worse and worse. It's yeah. uh, it I it's probably based on a true story. I think that it is, and so that that sucks but it uh it it got worse and i feel like we saw the entire movie i mean it's one of those trailers that they're like you still don't want to see it i'll give you a little bit more i still you want to see it and then it gets to the end of the movie and you're like yeah uh you kind of know what it is by now yeah oh god i does i'll find the name of it and i'll send it to you you have to watch it because it's just like in its entirety oh father stew is the name of this thing I mean, no. simple jack father stew like it it just kept evolving as i'm watching it hold on and it was I, just like so ridiculous i don't think the comparisons to simple jack are valid what he was doing simple jack just to like try to become a real actor and get like credit and, and an oscar and stuff and what is more than what, he's, what is more he's than not a, meaning the actual <laughs> simple jack character right. itself it's the it's the Tropic Thunder yes. story of him making Simple Jack. Yes. It's absurd because not only did you have, okay, it, it just evolves. You have the absurd bartender who then falls in love. Okay, cool. And he's going to convert to Catholicism. Okay, cool. Then he gets in a car wreck and finds God. Okay. Now we're going to layer in like muscular dystrophy on top of it. Like, <laughs> so by the end, it's Mark Wahlberg who started the trailer as a mustachioed bartender slugging drinks around and stuff. And he ends, ends the trailer as a clean-shaven priest in a the fucking priest outfit and walking around on the, the arm crutches. I'm like, dude, come on. Like it was just too much. He gave up, he right. gave up his girl, you know, and he went to preached in prison. I mean, yes, all, he did do that. I mean, Fa- father Stu's got a lot going on, but I feel uh, like we saw every scene. Father Stu has nothing going on and nothing I want to see. <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen that, but who else is in it? Um, Oh God, Mel Gibson. Yes, oh. my boy Mel. I think you did a double turnaround. I think I, I think you got a turnaround <laughs> on the Mel reveal too. Yeah, I got a Marky Mark for you, and then a Mel for me, and then the movie just collapsed. And I was like, yeah. awful. <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to get to see that one, but that is not Father one that Stew. we are. We will not be reviewing Father Stew. 
God. Maybe I would have rather seen that than Uncharted. I kind of do want to actually come on for a Father Stew <laughs> episode. I mean, I think after all this talk about Father Stew, we've definitely got to get on and do this. Uh, I, oh, I, God, feel I don't know like if I can do it. Dusty's going to be invited back for all Mark Wahlberg vehicles from here on oh. out. Oh, that's not. <laughs> this should be the first. This should be the first and last Mark Wahlberg vehicle that we discuss on this podcast. All right, so Uncharted, right? Uncharted. The blurb for Uncharted is a young, street smart Nathan Drake and his wisecracking partner Victor Sully Sullivan embark on a dangerous pursuit of the greatest treasure never found, while also tracking clues that may lead to Nathan's long lost brother. This was directed by Ruben Fleischer. Do you guys recognize that name at all? I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He did Zombieland 1 and 2, yeah. okay. Gangster Squad, 30 Minutes or Less, and Venom. Yeah. yeah so, Sony, Sony keeping it all in yeah. house with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Venom. I'm, I'm so, so – I, if I had seen some of this before we went, I might have vetoed this movie because just – the idea that it's – You already tried. <laughs> the idea that it's Sony and the director of Venom, I mean – why? Why? Well, uh, okay. it, well, truly, this is your fault because we were supposed to see Moonfall, and then, yeah, I couldn't get around. You, to see. You, I you delayed and delayed and delayed, and then like you get Uncharted instead. I, I didn't delay. Delay. I didn't have availability. Delay it's not like I was game, sitting here flag doing on the play, penalized with Uncharted. <laughs> and we know why Carson wanted to do Moonfall, especially with me, because it does fit into that. It has that nineties, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know armageddon type feel to it that's just going to be so bad that you kind of think that maybe it was good that, that was the idea well, it's a uh, moonfalls roland emmerich right so that that's uh yeah. independence day day independence after day. tomorrow uh 2012 i mean basically if it was a big time disaster movie since independence day he did godzilla 96 or whatever i think too so like oh. basically the guy's whole thing is disaster porn that's what he does all right. Uh, okay, so back to Uncharted. Cast, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas, Sophia Ali, and I think it's Tati Gabrielle. We're going to roll with that. I didn't look it up, but that's what I think her name was. Um, okay, so Dusty, usually the first little bit, we try to do spoiler free so that people can get an idea of what we thought. And then after we've exhausted that, we switch over and, and talk spoilers. So uh, you want to kick us off? Dusty, well, guess. I have a, I have guess a question first. before no. we get to, to, to Dusty. Have either of you played the game Uncharted? Yes, I own all of them. I played I played Drake's Fortune, the very first one. Okay, so I, I have no frame of reference at all for Uncharted, so I came in cold. This is pretty much my only exposure to, to it. So I don't know if there's any Easter eggs or anything that they yeah. did a nod to that would have uh, made... I mean... There's little bits and pieces there, but for the most part, this was kind of a a story that that wasn't told all that much. It, it kind of pulls in a little bit from a lot of the games, but yeah, I think it relied heavily on I want to say four, four, if I remember right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing that I thought Easter egg that really really fell flat if you didn't see the game was there's a, a scene where Tom Holland and one of the girls like walk up on the beach and there's a guy sitting there in the chair and he talks to them and you can tell it's one of the, it's like the, the solo movie moment where you're like, am I supposed to know this guy? 
And right. that's the guy who does the voice of Nathan Drake in oh. the Uncharted games. Yeah. But the odd part about it is, is like, you know, you don't ever see his face yeah, exactly. in the game. So <laughs> exactly. it's kind of like, well, what, what am I supposed to know yeah. here? You know? Yeah. I look, like I, put, I pieced it together, but it's yeah. still, it's not like it was a cool reveal. Well, it would be yeah. like if you were watching the Batman and Kevin Conroy, who did the voice of Batman in all the games and Batman, the animated series was there and he just said something, you know, you're like, okay, Okay, I think I know who that is. Well, well, the whole scene was set up clearly as a cameo, you know, because it, it was right. like leading questions, and his response was clearly, "We're supposed to know who this person is." I looked at my wife, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who this is, or why we're supposed to know it, especially in the first installment of a of a movie. It's not like we're doing a, uh, you know, a reboot or something." And oh, that was the original guy. Like, I've I have no yeah. idea who this person is. It was just odd, but, but no, I mean, there, there wasn't anything that was just, um, it, it did take from four, but it wasn't, it was bringing things in from all of them, but really it was kind of its own, own standalone story. So it didn't really add anything to have played the games or know any background to it. You think? No, not really. And you know, this, this is meant to be almost like, a the very first time you see nathan drake you know it, it's it's like a i don't know what what you call it an origin uh, story yeah an origin type story of of him whereas like in in uncharted drake's fortune the very first game you're you're picking up and he's already in the treasure hunt you know he's already doing this um here in the movie that's not what happens so you're actually learning okay where he was as a kid then how did he get into this and and that's that's not how the game started out uh, for Uncharted. Now is Mark Wahlberg's character in the game, or is this? Yeah, okay. he's heavily in the first one in Drake's Fortune, but he's also sixty five years old in Drake's Fortune. <laughs> you know, whereas here he's not. Okay. Yeah, that's why I think they stole heavily from four because that was the flashback game, right? So that's where you meet yeah. the brother. That's where you see young Sully. You got to figure out their relationship, um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, yeah. So I mean, going into this, you know, the, the opening scene is you know him and his brother pretty much, and I was like, wait, I hope that's not Mark Wahlberg because the age difference there is like three years when they're kids but I'm right. not, i know they're not trying to say that he's close to tom holland's i'm glad that that wasn't the, the situation but I, I was trying to, to see that and i did again know the background so i just knew that we were going to find old old mark later on yeah I, I bet most people that watch that had that same thought they didn't know that the game story and that the brother is not the same as sully they would i could see how people would think that for sure but we do need to back up a little bit because that really wasn't the first scene. The first scene is the, is the airplane. The air, yeah, I mean, and that that's what was weird to me is I, I it's always tough for me to see that when you see the very biggest, most explosive, uh, inter, high energy scene you see in the first five minutes of the movie. And then, but yet you've already seen it in the trailer. You know, they wasted, they wasted that in the trailer a little bit. It was just, I don't know. It was very odd that you wasted in the trailer. Then you show it in the first five minutes of the movie. Well, yeah. And I always hate the record scratch kind of scenes, right? Where it's like, you could almost hear it, right? So Tom's falling and you just hear the, 
now let me tell you how I got here. Right. And you go, like, that's essentially <laughs> right. what they're doing. You're just like, uh, stop doing that. Like, I'm okay with an opening action scene. Like, I, I really think, I don't know if you started it, but, you know, Nolan's Joker scene in Batman is the one that really kind of set the mark for, okay, you open with a bang and then you get everybody to kind of buy into it. And then Winter Soldier did it. And everybody starts going, almost all action movies now lead with, a really solid action scene, but should what, it be- kind of like an airplane Bane scene? That's pretty much the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? I think, you know, I think the mission impossible fallout did the same thing, right? You know, they lead with a, a pretty big action scene to get you on the edge of your seat. But I see your point about it. Maybe don't, maybe don't do the one that's in the trailer. I, I don't know. Cool. We have a lot of conversations around trailers yeah. and, and actually I, I, shouldn't do. I do appreciate them putting the opening scene in the trailer uh, from the standpoint of you didn't really waste it because it, you're not waiting for it later on. You're like, okay, I saw the trailer, or really you just saw the intro of the movie, which is fine, you know, because then you can move on. But what I don't like, again, is you you see this point, and you're now waiting for this airplane scene to happen, and you know nothing's going to happen, not that you think something's going to happen to Tom, you know, throughout the movie, but you know there are no stakes between now and the airplane scene because he's got to get to there at some point. Right. And so that, yep. that's what, that's what I don't like about the rewind unless it's going to be like in, okay, you start with that airplane scene and then in the first, you know, 30 minutes you get there quicker, you know, but they, they moved it all the way to the end. So really there's, there's no risk for, for Tom from here to there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it would have been a bold move. They killed off Tom halfway through the movie. They didn't. Now, they didn't even try to make you think that they were going to do that. <laughs> so I, going into this movie, I felt like a good comparison to it would probably be Tomb Raider. And I, I think that ended up proving out to be pretty accurate. Mm. But what I didn't realize is how much the first half of this movie was going to feel like National Treasure. That's more my comparison. It's closer to yeah. National Treasure than... than oh, yeah. In execution, yes. But going into it, I was thinking more Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, and it's just... It's honestly not that. No, and I I actually pegged it National Treasure meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets <laughs> Tomb Raider meets Da Vinci Code. Yeah. I mean, that that's... It, it had bits and pieces of all those movies, but none of those bits and pieces were as good as yeah. the things in those other movies. Took the worst yeah. parts of those and put them together. <laughs> So, pretty much yeah. they sonied it they sonied it yeah that was disappointing i mean it, it, even down to like you know national treasure you've got nick cage trying to put together the clues and then he's being chased by sean bean and like that at least added some dynamic and in this case it's like you know they're going after it but these other henchmen are too and i really don't care about antonio banderas's villain rich family like it just it was so uh i don't know it just felt like paint by number um formulaic it, it brought nothing new to the table like at, at least if you're gonna you know crib from national treasure and pirates of the caribbean and all this stuff like add your own little flavor to it or something but th- th- to me they didn't no they didn't uh, you, you know i mean it is typical sony it's that there is a good premise there there is a good story there i mean if you've played the video games um, they're very engaging. They're very well made. The story is is really solid. But you know, in this case, it just was underwhelming. And then the characters were 
just uncharismatic, I guess, yeah. you know, there, there wasn't a lot of charisma there, you know, national treasure, uh, you know, it, that movie's got its own problems, but at least those characters, you, you kind of like those, even Sean Bean, you like Sean Bean, you know, you like Nick Cage, but these people, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't even say that I like Tom Holland. You know, I can't even say that I like Nathan Drake. I mean, he's, he's okay, but not great. Did Bigfoot take it? Uh, so no, I, I agree with you. And if you're just joining us for, for season two, you know, you haven't heard our bashing of Sony, uh, over the past 176 episodes, uh, Sony is notorious for taking good source material and putting the most bland product out there. Uh, either they try to change a story or they have poured, I got to put it on the directors, right? Cause they tend to get good actors, but they do nothing with them, you know, going back to, to Venom and Carnage and uh, everything Sony's made into 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 this. So they have good source material. You have good actors, uh, despite what Garrett thinks. And you put them all together uh, into this very, like you said, you you don't you don't really care about about anybody in this. Nope. Well, and and the the wild thing about it is, is this movie doesn't have a very large cast. It's got a pretty small cast, but yet none of them are very well developed yeah. you know they're they're all pretty boring characters that you just don't have a lot of backstory behind you don't have a lot of that you that you kind of get the feel that you enjoy these characters it's just it's it's crazy with it with there being as few as there are yeah <clears throat> i felt like they tried to really get the Wahlberg and holland banter to work and i mean carson you were in the same theater as i did no laughs. I, I didn't even hear. I didn't even hear chuckles. No, it, it didn't work at all. And what's funny, or not funny, about it is uh, Tom Holland. You know, playing off different people in Spider-Man is very good. And Mark Wahlberg in other roles, playing off people, you know that can, that can work. But the two of them together, it it was it was not good. And something with the delivery, or something with the script, or I, I don't know. But it. Like no, nothing worked. So they were just, they were just miscast. I mean, you know, I, I love Tom Holland and I think he, you know, I think he physically embodies the role a little bit, but he seems too young almost to, to play this role. And I know it's supposed to be more of an origin story, but still the way he talks, he, he played it as a treasure hunting Peter Parker. You know, he tra- he played it as a as a young treasure hunting Peter Parker, and that that isn't really. I, again, I think I'm kind of the same way as you guys were thinking of this as like an Indiana Jones. I was going to come into it, and he was going to be uh, already be into the treasure hunting business, and we came into it, and he's Tom Cruise in cocktail. I mean, he's you know he's <laughs> he's a, a a snappy bartender yeah. in New York. It's just uh, I don't know. yeah, I think a couple things so. I actually think that the two of them could have done well together. I think the writing was just bad. I mean, I, I've seen Mark Wahlberg be funny in other guys in Daddy's Home, and he is able to like play off of people pretty well in a comedic sense. And we know Tom Holland can do it, so that just leads me to believe that it wasn't they were that they were miscast. I I tend to think that just the writing was terrible. Uh, I mean, because if you look at the lack of dimension and depth to the characters you look at the plot you look at the action sequences that happen i mean none of it's 
really all that good. So it's it's all just mediocre, and that goes down to even the dialogue between the two of them. So, I'll, I mean, I guess I'll kind of backtrack and defend Mark Wahlberg a little bit here, but I feel like it was just bad writing. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I as like far it. as miscast, you got to think that they were saying, okay, origin story, and we're going to hang on to Tom Holland for, you know, 50-plus years and have him play this character forever for Sony, and this is just going to be yeah. one of our franchise guys, and we're going to have oh, sure. this. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think they know that his time is about up with with Spider Man, so let's keep him in the Sony here and get another tentpole series, and then we keep him with us for for years. Well, I think they I, thought I think that, to that before he signed well, yeah. a three year deal of doing three more <laughs> Spider Man movies. That was before this, yeah, or after. But this. to that point, and, and to kind of Dusty's point earlier, I I feel like what this movie could have done is cast an older Nathan Drake and Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake and maybe do some kind of bouncing back and forth between the two. Now, I know that's taking Tom Holland off the screen for X percent of the time, and that's part of why you sell it, and you would need somebody else. But you do, like, part of Uncharted is um, the action pieces, and, like, they, they seem like they didn't want to give Tom Holland a gun, which is kind of weird. And I know Indiana Jones didn't always use a gun and all that stuff, but, like, I feel like you could have had an older Nathan Drake like getting into gunfights, the grizzled guy doing that, and then somehow tie that in with the younger Nathan Drake who's just learning how to be like the the guy, and then you have an older Sully and a younger Sully, whatever. But I feel like that would have been a good way to kind of counterbalance it out instead of feeling like you're getting this origin story with a high school kid running around. And I and I think they didn't want to do that because they're going to want him. Yeah. You know, they're hoping this is an Indiana Jones type thing where they play. You know, he's playing that character for years and years. And it's going to be really awkward 10, 20, 30 years from now for a different guy to be playing the older guy, yeah. you know? So, so who, what is a, what is Tug Speedman's movie? Cause now I'm getting uh, more Tropic Thunder vibes <laughs> where he's, he goes, he's got like the three and four and five, the scorched earth. Man, I wish I could remember that. Cause that's, that's going to be what I call uncharted now. <laughs> the, uh, so you guys having played the games and know the character, who would you have cast as, as the character as Drake? Is this isn't this usually later on? It, in it your is, story? but uh... <laughs> um, it... me me personally, I probably replace Peter Parker with Mysterio. I probably I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal there. They already gave him the uh, Prince of Persia role back in the day. Um, that's a good one though. I, I feel like the guy who comes to mind and who I've seen most people compare him to is uh, um, Nathan Fillion. And they, they want him for have you role. ever well have you ever he looks like him have you seen the fan movie oh, that no. they made with nathan fillion oh. of uncharted i may have now that you say that well it's incredible yeah i mean it you know you watch that and you're you know, if you haven't watched it carson you'll have to go in and watch it on youtube it it's an awesome i mean and it's not short it's like a 20 minute fan made movie with him in it because he was really lobbying hard to get that role and um he did, obviously didn't get it but the movie, watching that makes this look kind of sad considering the budget and everything else. It's it's wild. So not Brendan yeah. Fraser. Well, definitely not modern Brendan Fraser. Like if we're doing <laughs> one of those, like who would you have cast in 1995? Then sure, Brendan Fraser would have, because like his role in The Mummy was essentially. Mummy. Is basically this. I mean, not. He looks he looks the part, but like the story right. of the mummy doesn't really add up to this. Right, so I got I mean, one more. Did you Carson, did Hamm. you even Ham would be okay, but 
I mean, truthfully, like if you if you were to like, did you even Google like what Nathan Drake looks like in I, the video games? I've seen the box. Okay, so I mean, he actually kind of like it. It's one of those things where if I was Nathan Fillion, I'd be like, you guys, you guys using me for this because like I might sue <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> no, it does look exactly like him, and that's why I, you know, when I was saying Gyllenhaal, he kind of looks a little bit, yeah, a little bit more like that than Tom Holland does. Oh yeah, that's definitely for sure. Dusty, what did you start rating out of five? What would you give Uncharted? Now, I guess I'll preface this. Garrett and I have a little difference in opinion of what uh, our star ratings mean. I view an average movie at two and a half because it's in the middle. Garrett seems to think an average movie is different than that. I I've been going back and forth between a two and a two and a half. Um, I'm going to be, because it's my first time on the show, I'm going to be very generous and I'm going to give it a two and a half, <laughs> even though I'm not sure I want to. I, I don't approve. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, my, I, I'm at a two. Um, I, I was actually the same as Dusty. I was, honestly, I was at a two and a half until like the last 20 minutes and then it just knocked me down to a, a two because I just thoroughly did not enjoy the last big set piece um the big culmination of everything just didn't do anything for me at all and actually found myself just being like just get this over with so that that left me leaving the theater with an even worse taste in my mouth so that that made me take it out on the movie so i i'm at a two well knowing the speed in which you left the theater uh, i saw you all tear <laughs> out of there but you missed the uh, the end credits or the mid credits scene so yeah. well i caught the one the early one there's another one yeah i don't care i mean <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 here's the thing. Sony and Uncharted have not earned me staying through eight minutes of credits to see what they've got going on. I'll, I'll give you the mid credits or whatever it was. I, you got that from me. You're not Marvel. You haven't earned the right for me to stay. I will go home and I will Google it. If I feel the need, I will have one of you guys tell me on the show what it's going to do. You don't get that from me. I'm not hanging around for the credit scene of Venom. Like, no, you you got to show me something. Now, will I hang around for the credits of Spider-Verse next time? Sure, you earned that one. But you don't just get in credits from me willy-nilly. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm a little uh, higher than, than you all, but I'm at, I'm at two and a half. I think it was an average, but, but you're right. The, the end... The end was definitely disappointing, uh, the route that they chose to to go. Um, and we'll get to that here. I was expecting you, Huser, to be a three. I, I got to be honest. I, I was thinking you were going to go three on us just because it was a fun, you know, type of thing. You know, it was it was a fun whatever. Yeah, I had Carson pegged for the it kept me entertained status, which then Carson's like, oh, it's a three because it kept my attention. Like, but, but it okay. didn't really because, like I said, the jokes didn't land. And even the uh, the MacGuffins that they had, which we'll we'll talk here between you go here, then you go here, and then you go here, uh, that stuff didn't really land for me either. Um, and so I was more waiting for the end opposed to you know enjoying enjoying the ride. But I thought it was fine. You know, I wasn't I wasn't bored, but it was fine. So two and a half. Okay, I mean, I I think. It sounds like we're all right there in that same spot. We could yeah, we could argue about half stars close. all day long, but uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, all right, we ready to go into spoilers then? Let's go spoilers. Okay. This is your last chance. 
After this, there is no turning back. Alright, so I'm going to start out with one that, that, he had one that locked and ready to go. Irritated, the, irritated me pretty bad. Um, so, <laughs> if you can, as a PG-13 movie, if you can show somebody's throat being slit, why <laughs> is that okay, but the blood that would come from that is a, is a bridge too far? Like, we can't do that. So... Antonio Banderas gets his throat slit like up close on camera, but then all we can show is like a little pencil line on his neck. We can't show spilled blood anywhere. I I was just I don't know for some reason that irritated the hell out of me. Well, I it, you know it didn't irritate me, but I also don't have kids. You know, I think if I had children, I would be kind of a little bit questioning that. Is not the I would not take my kids to that, but it would just be one of those things that I'm like, well, wait a second. That's a pretty graphic, gruesome thing, but yet the blood is the only thing that would bump it up to rated R, right? right? <laughs> well, I, I'm going to no give sense. them credit for killing off Antonio there because I wasn't, I wasn't seeing that happen, and then they, they killed him. And I got to think that they were adding the blood post movie and opted for less. I think that's good. I, ha- I think that was all CGI blood. I had to think they knew that they can't, for whatever reason, show blood. I think it, I think that's one of those arbitrary MPAA things where it's like you can show you can show a throat slice, but you cannot show the blood. Right, but you know, kind of kind of in this vein is that I didn't necessarily see it coming. But did you really give a shit? No, no. I mean, it's one of those things that the shock value to me was somewhat muted, just because they didn't really develop Antonio Banderas all that much. You, you know, you introduced him and yeah, he killed his dad, but it, you, you never really, he never played all that pivotal of a role. So I think if you would have developed that, that would have been a lot more shocking. It would have been a lot of a, a lot cooler of a scene, but um, you were kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Braddock, you know, instead of Mankata, that's the big bad. It, it was so. more, I think that it was Antonio Banderas than it was his character. Right. I think I think that's more like I say they didn't build him up as me caring at all for him, other than okay, you brought Antonio Banderas to be your big bad, and then you just kill him kind of on the side and just move so, on without kinda, it. Kind of like killing Steven Seagal in the first uh, <laughs> twenty minutes of Executive Decision. Spoiler. Exactly. <laughs> Statute of but limitations. But it's, it's also an HBO ninety. <laughs> exactly. Movie, so I had to throw it in there. So it this actually this conversation makes me appreciate Spielberg and Lucas using Nazis in Indiana Jones even more because if I if I go back and start to think about some of the movies we all rattled off like National Treasure, Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, that kind of stuff, they none of them actually really have very good villains, right? Like right. it's all about the chase and most of the time you don't care about who's being chased. But the only reason you do care in Indiana Jones is because it's Nazis. It's Nazi. And everybody just knows that Nazis are terrible. And you don't even have to think twice about how terrible and evil they are. Whereas if you do somebody like... And Molaram is ripping hearts out. <laughs> right, chest. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if you if you use the like generic Sean Bean, like because as much as we said National Treasure was good, like, I mean, Sean Bean's band of hooligans wasn't really anything special right it is the rest of the movie that made it good so it's like i'm slowly starting to figure out now that these puzzle movies da vinci code all that stuff like they all suffer from the same problem like nobody really cares 
the other side. You only really care about the, the, the adventure and the puzzle solving, but Indiana Jones solved that problem by just plugging in Nazis, which is like the de facto evilest of all evil. So you win in that case. Yeah. Well, and that's why you should have stayed for the in credit scene because they're now after a Nazi map and Nazi gold. Oh man. For the sequel. I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't see that. Cause then I would just would have groaned like, uh, you know, you're, Okay, now you're going to Indiana Jones. I'm just going to lean full into it. He's huh? just going to go. But the thing is, are are new Nazis going after the gold too? Or does it just happen to be Nazi gold? Well, it, I assume it would be Chloe. Is that her name? The the person who like triple-crossed them or whatever? Oh, but I don't know. They're looking for a Nazi map. But she's not uh, a Nazi. I won't see Uncharted too, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> well, and that... That's one of those things too that with this movie I I started to get highly annoyed was the they really leaned in hard to that no honor amongst the amongst thieves type theme there. I mean we we it wasn't a double or triple or whatever cross. I actually wrote it down here. It's a quattro vigantuple cross. It's twenty four, <laughs> and I use that because that was my football number. But you know, you had so many double crosses going on that it just got old. You were just yeah. like, okay, come on, you know, work together. And but you're just waiting for the next scene that they're going to work against each other. And you're just like, See, yeah. come on. I actually kind of like that of every man for themselves type of thing. But I feel like Tom Holland was the only one not doing that. And I, I wanted right. him in on the game. And he kind of did that by testing her, you know, with the coordinates and sending her mm-hmm. away. But I wanted him to be on the same level of I'm going to screw over everybody else because they're screwing over me. And so everybody's playing the game opposed to him just keep getting screwed over by people, which is like, oh, you fell for it again. You know, and it's uh, I thought and I know they're trying to stay true to the relationship between Marky Mark and him, I guess, uh, later on. but I. I'd, I think it would have been a better movie if they were always, if he was in on the the game with everybody else. Yeah. Yep. You know, I do want to say that, you know, Chloe, Sophie Ali, that Sophie Ali's character, that was to me, the only person in the movie that I felt like was really, truly comfortable in her role. Um, Everybody else just felt a little bit like they weren't, really sure what they were or who they were and and she didn't you know she felt like she she belonged there so um i i really enjoyed her so if they are gonna do an uncharted 2 which considering the amount of money this movie's making um hopefully she has a part of it i think she will be they, they based her off a character from the game i can't remember what i don't think i don't know if her name is chloe in the game i can't remember but she's been around for multiple of it so i, I think she'll be something a piece of the franchise that stays. Well, I liked uh, the girl that got crushed by the boat. I liked her the most. She was probably my favorite character in the movie. Oh, I thought she was terrible. Uh, the the villain with the knife? Yeah, I mean, she oh. she just seemed like she was one step behind everybody, but she was trying to be the big bad. I don't know. I just I just gravitated more to her character than anybody else. Oh, I I did not think she was a good villain it didn't really scare me didn't really threaten me didn't i I just yeah well she did make a very good call of uh when you see one ship being taken away to go attack it with the other ship because i'm not sure what i'm not sure what the plan was 
opposed yeah. to when, opposed when to landing had... your your two billion dollar ship on, on let's go ram them together and try to get both ships when she had just threatened one of her guys like no bullet holes ten minutes or five <laughs> minutes yeah no bullet holes but yet what i'm gonna do i'm gonna strap this thing in i'm gonna lift it up i'm gonna this 500 ton freaking barge i'm gonna lift it or spanish galleon i'm gonna lift it and put it onto a barge but nope we're going on a chase and, and after them like the pilots gonna be like and do what like that well, what are we what are we doing here but even even before that let's lift them both out at the same time like no way does that make any logistical sense you got to land one on the boat right. and you're just gonna hover another one up there hey why don't we see if this even lifts out of here before we bring in another helicopter and we need to maybe stabilize it on top of the the barge, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're just dropping yeah, it. So I was just not quite sure what the plan was. It didn't look like they had ship holders there on the barge. They just right. tip it and over. Are we going to talk about how how the ships even got there? Like they all had to swim under that hole to get in there. I mean, unless we're saying that the ocean level there was like, you know, 50 feet shallower back in the day so that they could get the ships in there. They certainly didn't drop in from up above. Which that's the only thing is I, I don't Little know if warning. they were trying to go back to um, Drake's fortune, Garrett, you know, where the submarine is washed up in the middle of the jungle. So I don't know yeah. if they're trying to play that same type of thing. I, I if, don't know, but it, it didn't make If sense. it were one ship, somehow it got sucked under and, and brought aboard ashore. Uh, but both ships sitting right next to each yeah. other. The, I was like, Oh, okay. That's that's a little little weird. But what I hate is in movies like this, where, and I'm gonna go back to one of the clues that they had, where Mark Wahlberg can look through a grate in the ground, in the middle of Barcelona, and see this cavern or where they're supposed to go. So nobody in the history of the city who right. played with the sewers. You know, has even looked down and go, "Hey, where, where does this go? Oh, there's there's a whole secret area down there," and that, that that just pisses me off. Of if you're going to use all these keys to get through somewhere, it should be someplace that nobody's been or can access from something else. Like those pots right. had skylights on the pots, so there's daylight right there that they could see these pots. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean the 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 clues and puzzles in this game felt like stuff that you would see in like a, a children's escape room <laughs> or something that you do on like a drunken team scavenger hunt. You know, it isn't something that I think of where it's using a lot of clever, you know, a lot of cleverness to figure this out. It was two, two crosses and that was it. It was just, <laughs> okay, this time you do it here, but this time you put them together and you do it here. And that you kind of did that a little bit in National Treasure when you had that Meerschaum pipe or whatever, and then you uh, so you used one piece of that, then you used there was a little bit of that, but it was at least kind of cool. In this case, you had two crosses that honestly didn't even look like they were real; they looked like they were plastic, like Kmart toys. Yeah, they I mean, did. And I think the difference is in some of those movies, like Indy and National Treasure, like the main guy has like a level of knowledge, which I know they tried to establish with Tom Holland that he like knew all like, Oh, he knew who Magellan was and he knew about this map, but like he didn't have to really use any of that knowledge 
to solve the puzzle. It's like, oh, there's a Latin word on that wall. I mean, like if I was walking around trying to solve this puzzle and I saw a Latin word, I might be like, yeah, that that maybe we should check that Latin word out. Like that didn't take a lot of deducing to figure out. Yeah, because Jehovah starts with an I. The uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I I'm very confused, and maybe you all pick this up. If his brother knew where all this was, like what, like he led him directly to the ships. Well, that's the keys or so the compass he, and the map. Like, how does it, how does his brother know all this? I I would have to go back and think about how he got the because they had to get the map. So yeah, it's like he had bits and pieces of the knowledge, but then he couldn't quite fill out the whole picture. Then we also don't know when he got thrown in jail or anything around that timeline too. So I don't know. Yeah, that that was the confusing part to me is he walked him all the way to the end, but how did one? How did he know this? And and if he was there, then he already found it. So I don't know. Yeah. So to to me, the dumbest clue of them all was it ties into both your points: the dumb clue and the brother. When he tells him that the compass, the cross is the compass, or the compass is the key or whatever. And he, the answer is to take each of the pieces of the cross and put a pin down on a certain location and then just rotate the <laughs> crosses until they touch. <laughs> and that's where it is. I'm like, you realize like if you rotate each cross like another 15 degrees the other way, they still touch. Like they will touch in a 360, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they will all touch <laughs> at some point. Like you could have been 180 degrees off because if you had rotated them to like the south, they would have touched down there too, Tom. So like I was like, this is our big game revealing moment is like you put the two pieces down, you rotate them until they touch and it's right there. I was like, that's so corny. That- and how many postcards does his brother have? <laughs> yeah. And how. I- what jail lets you send out postcards? So the guy, you know the guy doesn't like, have a pillow in his jail cell, yeah. but he can send postcards every other day. I mean, yeah, how did he How did he get postage on these things? I mean, my goodness. So wasn't I, he sending yeah. the postcards as he was traveling the earth with Mark Wahlberg? But then he was, in the jail, but, he sends a final one. So then, he, yeah. Right, in the, in the post-credit scene, he's sending the the postcard out of jail that yeah. I was like, what? Uh, and I love, I love the, uh, the, the keys or your compass and he's dismantling these things. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, I'm just going to pull it apart and then hope it, hope it works. Like, yeah, I thought there was gonna be something like magnetic or something like that. Not that you took, you know, the two pieces and made them touch. Like it was weird. I just, I'm just going to pull this, this jewel off the, off this cross. Yeah. That that was easily the worst clue and the worst solving of anything that that they had, and 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 that's not to say that the other ones are great. It, the other ones are actually really just stupid because you're just running from one location to the other, pushing keys and holes and turning them. But I do. So part of me was like, well, they used the same key like four times. Yeah, and like that there was like three times where they kind of left it in the door. Like, how'd mm-hmm. they know that they were done with this key? You know, and they yeah. left it and they ran away. I was like, you've already used this twice, you know, use it and move on. You know, that's <laughs> great. Yes. And then they went the route of, well, now you have to combine the key. Combine or the Combine keys. the two to get the, the right keyhole. So, yeah, just, just not good. But it, Well, and, you, you know, one of the things that bothered me was just how long that underground tunnel scene was. Yeah. It took up a ton of real estate in this movie. And, and it, I'm, I'm thinking of like a treasure hunting action adventure movie. I'm thinking of you going to all these different places, but you spend a ton of time down in the sewer system that I think could have been better used to 
help develop some of the characters. I mean, like Carson was mentioned, Braddock. I, I think she could have been an okay villain, but you don't really know much about her. Um, they allude to it throughout the movie that her and Sully have a history together, but you don't really know what that history is. And I think if you would have done that, it would have made everything a little bit better. There would have been higher stakes when she kills uh, Antonio Banderas, when she, um, I mean, nothing's going to help her taking the Spanish galleons out, but I mean, it, it would have at least made her a better villain. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just feel like this movie tried to be more serious than it ended up being. Like, I feel like they should have gone just real Jack Sparrow silly with it because that's it's almost there but it's not but then they yeah I think if you ships around and all of a sudden now, now now you're getting real silly and shooting cannons off when you could have had a cool underground scene you know and, and be you know playing off one another or even the the stealing of the backpack you know or the the cross in the backpack trading trading it back and forth you know la, you know that's you know changing hands a bunch like in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where they're you know, trading it back and forth and stealing it off one another. I mean, I think you have to go a little bit sillier if that's if your payoff scene is two flying ships crashing into one another. Yeah, I I agree. I think they got caught in the middle there. They got caught between not being so silly that you just like say, okay, you know, I'm I'm in this just for the craziness, but then they don't get serious enough and don't dive deep enough into characters to feel indiana jones ish that indiana jones isn't just full straight uh action all the time i mean there's some slow slow spots in it but i I don't know it just it didn't work yep and that and that's exactly why i said it lost a half star at the end because from the moment that they lift those boats up on the helicopters and then you know chase each other around them smash it into each other they're shooting cannons from it they're jumping from one ship to another as soon as that stuff started happening, I was I was done. That, that was just too much. I didn't enjoy it. it. It was corny. I thought the CGI was not very good. I just, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what I expected yeah, at that point. I, I thought just, it looked less realistic than a 15-year-old PS3 game, you know, yeah. that, which is what the Drake's Fortune game is. I mean, <laughs> the all that was just as good if you go back and watch that or play that game get online go on yahoo and watch the walkthrough of it but yeah man, and that's yeah. the thing i mean it you have to be really careful when you translate video games to movies because like it, it it works in a video game like the mechanics of jumping from box to box up an airplane like that works and it feels really cinematic in a video game but you're in a, like a different mindset and you're from a different viewing angle and a different medium so that stuff works so then when you're trying to like take it and put it in a movie it just looks corny and dumb and and I agree with you. It didn't really quite even fit the feel of the rest of the movie. Not to say that the rest of the movie felt great, but you were very grounded in, I mean, setting aside Tom Holland jumping across boxes in the air, but like, you know, the, the tunnel <laughs> part and the solving the puzzles, all that stuff, that was still kind of rooted in some kind of grounding that was like, okay, fine. And then they just blow that out of the water with, you know, two boats hanging from two helicopters and people swinging from, I just obnoxious. Well, Hindsight, what's even more obnoxious is that you put them carrying the boat out of the jungle in the trailer. I honestly didn't even. I don't even. I don't honestly don't even remember it. The only time that you 
even know that they're looking for a ship is, oh, it's being lifted out of the jungle. Hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Why is why is Antonio Banderas taking a Mercedes Benz to a treasure like an abandoned treasure island? I mean, he said they say in the movie it's his lucky charm. I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah. god, eat shit. You know? <laughs> Just that can't be. You know, I I like Antonio, but he has done nothing but garbage for like the last twenty years. Yeah, made his name quickly and then uh, tried to sully it the best he could. Yeah, I and and I I go back a little bit to towards the start of the movie that the heist scene the where they're trying to steal the steal the mat or steal the gold cross or <laughs> right from the auction. Yeah, it. I mean, it seemed about as well planned as the two boy, you know, the two guy, two brothers trying to steal Magellan's map. I mean, there was like no. <laughs> No, like, design to this. It was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and uh, uh, well, let's go steal the, this. The plan was for him to get a red jacket and to just take it from the guy. That's it. That's right. Mark's plan. Like, like <laughs> what is it? Oh, I'll take it from here. And the guy's like, okay, I've never seen you before, but all right, here's this <laughs> this $3 million cross, and you just walk out. Like, that. that is the entirety of the of his plan that he, this master and, thief put together. And you walk out, but then you sit in a car right outside the place waiting for Tom Holland to show up. You're just like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Wouldn't you be like getting the hell out? Especially if you're as ruthless and, um, double crossing as, wouldn't you have just already bailed by that point? Yeah, I, I just, you know, you're waiting for something cool. How is it going to get this cross? You know, like, oh, he's waiting for the lights to go out and do, do something. And then, oh, I'll have to improvise. And you're, okay, how, how's this going to go? He's going to do some sleight of hand. Nope. I'm just going to put on a jacket and ask him for the case. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's, that's as creative as this movie got. Yep. I can I can see Garrett just winding down. He's got <laughs> nothing left. No, a, a, <laughs> an hour of Uncharted. It's almost half the runtime of the actual movie itself. I I'm, I am maxed out. Yeah, we are Uncharted. 58 minutes longer than he wanted to spend on this. <laughs> all right, is that it? Yeah. Final thoughts. I think uh, we're all saying don't don't waste your your theater money. No. But if it's a Sunday afternoon and you're half asleep, maybe maybe throw it on for the first time. But never twice. Yeah, no, uh, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it it's it's not the worst movie in the world. If I was real hungover and I had, you know, I didn't want to watch something depressing, other than that this movie is so bad, it's kind of depressing. But it, it's I, I would watch it in background. But that is it. Yeah. It would not be something where I would actively try to enjoy. So if you're picking yep. between this and Schindler's List, you you're picking this on a random. Hungover. I'm definitely <laughs> picking this. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it. Dusty, thank you for coming aboard. It was a good time. No, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. Are you coming back for the Batman? The Batman's next. Hey, I will do the Batman. I'm going. Carson, you just went and saw it, didn't you? No, I see it uh, tomorrow. I get it. Uh-oh. Tomorrow. Yeah. A little early. Hey, Gary, Gary, you and I are going, I mean, different theaters obviously but opening night yep yep i'm actually going opening afternoon i'm I'm one of those cool parents who takes a kid out of school early to go see a movie so i'm uh, gonna spoil it for both of you 
We get three hours of the Batman, so that is a five-hour podcast. So we'll be ready, ready for you all next time. I'm looking forward to talking something DC that's not, hopefully, absolutely terrible. But okay, uh, Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G R A F F. You can find me at, at Two Views Garrett, G A R R E T T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at, at Two Views Movies. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen. We are there. And like we said, we'll be back in another few weeks with The Batman. Catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.